Good evening and welcome to Italian Impact Weekly. We are coming to you from Robert Morris University and I am your co-host Steve Stefano Mancini. And I am Claudio Relisano and this is what our fifth show already. Can you believe it? Time flies. Our sixth. And- sixth. No, no, we're coming up on six. That's right. This is the yeah. fifth show. All right, got don't it. Don't confuse. Like, I'm confused. I, I don't even know what I had for breakfast. You tell me what show right. we're on. At least I'm not coughing. <laughs> Much. Much. Good point. But yeah, it's uh, excited to hear, be here for the uh, our, our fifth show and excited about our guest and uh, good stuff going on. You know what's funny? This is our this is our first return guest and we're probably going to have more. Yeah. So congratulations. We're going to leave her name out for just a second. Well, we have two we, guests. Oh, that's right. The second half. Yeah, yeah. Of course, we have our returning guest, but our right. second that's guest right. of the we've show a, we're excited about guest. as well. Um, but again, I want to thank you all for joining us. Uh, for the folks that are listening to us streaming live on khbradio.com, we appreciate you. Uh, you know, we have listeners from all over the world, and that is greatly appreciated. And as always, we appreciate your support. We appreciate any questions, comments, or if you are interested in you know, maybe even thinking, I have one heck of a story that I think the world would like to hear, please feel free to email us at questions at italianimpactweekly.com. Or potential sponsors. Or we're never going to turn money away. Well, (laughs) I won't say that. It'll depend. It'll depend. I'm going to be... You might turn it down. (laughs) I'm not turning it down. All right. Let's tell you what, let's just jump right in because um, we do have two guests tonight. And uh, our second guest, we're going to let, we're going to tell you, we're going to let Angela tell you who that is. But uh, what I'd like to do is I'd like to welcome back Angela Hertz, she is the executive director of La Scuola d'Italia Galileo Galilei. Did I pronounce that right? Yes, you did. I, I get nervous with my Italian, especially on people that speak it really well. <laughs> and then, of course, I'm not going to, since we're on the radio, you can't see us in the studio, but I'm not going to say there's not an Italian man sitting behind me, probably with a pen and a notebook, writing down every word <laughs> that I mispronounce. And that's okay. We'll save that for the next lesson. But Angela, welcome back. Buonasera. Grazie. Thank you so much for having me again. Oh no, we're uh, we're glad to have you back. And um, before, well, before we're going to jump in, we're going to talk about the fundraiser here, obviously, because that's a big deal and it's an important thing, and we're going to talk about that. But what I want to kind of kick off is, you know, one of the recurring themes of the show: it's culture. It's not exclusion. I don't care where you're from. You don't have to be Italian to appreciate the Italian culture. If you like to go out and get a pizza, you know, everybody says, oh, that's Italian. Okay, you know, it's it's Italian. You don't have to be Italian to enjoy a good pizza or a good meal. Just like I can go to a Chinese restaurant, I don't have to be a Chinese. So our guests are going to vary. Some of them are going to be Italian. Some of them are not going to be Italian. We're going to call those the uh, Honor- honorary, honorary Italians. Italians. matter of fact, Jerry Cooney, former oh, well, boxing icon, not former. He'd get mad at me if I said that. Jerry Cooney is going to be on, and we have a bunch of great guests coming up. But we're going to label them. Will he be what? on St. Patty's Day? Oh, that's right. We're not airing. I think on he St. might Patty's be busy Day. that day, but, uh, <laughs> just a little bit. Honorary Italians. Yeah. So we're going to have a lot of people. So I want you, you know, the listeners to understand that this show is about a celebration of a culture, and we want you to be a part of it, yeah. no matter where you're from. We'll just throw an I at the end of your name, and you you're, you're, you're part of the family. <laughs> Familia. All right. So with that, Angela, let's talk about a couple of things. One is you're the executive director of La Scuola. I'm not going to do the whole La thing. La Scuola d'Italia, Galileo Galilei. <laughs> Thank you. So you're the executive director. Now, yes. I, will, I will bet, and I don't mean this in a bad way, in my opinion, and this is my opinion, I don't think the Italian culture does a good job of advertising the Italian culture. There's a lot of things out there for Italians, but you talked about it. I never heard of that. I didn't know about that. I never saw that, like the clubs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we and we talked about this the last mm-hmm. time. There's all these clubs out there, and you don't necessarily see a lot of youth, and mm-hmm. you don't really even hear from them. But some of them have been around a long time. I mm-hmm. think Atalanta Club 
It's been around since like 1900. Mm -hmm. So they've been around a long time. So I want to, again, we want to kind of pick your brain. La Scuola, why, why is this important? Why is this an important institution? La Scuola d'Italia Galileo Galilei started in 2014. Um, essentially, our, our idea was to maintain, to preserve the culture, the history, and the language for Italy, right? And I can actually tell you that um, in 2017, when we started the Early Learning Center, so I'm going to kind of give you a little bit of my history, right? So I grew up here in Pittsburgh. I went to St. Paul Cathedral grade school, and I was surrounded by a lot of people who were my cousins. And then I went to Winchester Thurston for high school, and I was in a new world, surrounded much more by a more diverse sort of more diverse population, right? It was diverse also at St. Paul Cathedral, but for some reason, I felt more at home with my cousins in school, you know, other Italian culture, to a school where I was almost, um, you know, probably 2% of the school had Italian descent students in the school. And some of us did, and, and to be honest with you, none of us were Italian anymore. I mean, it was just, we were all American kids, right? And I grew up always with this sense of not being able to be 100% myself because I wasn't finding myself in this world here in the US. And the first time I went to Italy, I found myself. I became a different person. I became myself, right? I opened up my heart and my soul and my mind to the culture, to the beauty of the country, right? And just learning the language was allow, allowed me to reconnect with my ancestors. And I felt like my great-grandfather, Pietro, who had started the San Lorenzo Club here in Pittsburgh, which is only all male, but all the females did all the cooking because I grew up with my mother so and aunts the, and uncles all problem? Do, <laughs> doing all the cooking. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Right? But I'm not allowed to be in that club because I'm a girl. I grew up with all boy cousins. And I wasn't allowed to be a part of a lot of things because I was a girl. So I always felt like I was being excluded everywhere I went. And then I went to Italy and I felt finally like I could be myself. So when and you're going to go, where are you going with this, Angela? <laughs> when we opened the Early Learning Center in 2017, we embraced every single child's culture who comes into our school. So. Yes, we are an Italian school. Yes, we are called La Scuola d'Italia Galileo Galilei, but we embrace all of the children's culture, language, and history. So we, if we have children in the school or don't have children in the school, we study world history. We study Japanese art. We study, um, you know, Korean. We study um, Mandarin. We study French, we study German, you know, we study whatever language we're able to find a teacher. We study Russian, we study about the other cultures and the families before the pandemic were coming in and teaching the children that as well. The children were teaching each other those languages and the children were teaching each other about their cultures, right? So it is such a beautiful thing to watch that we, you know, and I realized as an executive director Feeling what I felt as a child, 
so different and always never kind of feeling like I 100% belonged anywhere. I wanted these children to feel like they belonged somewhere in this country and in our school they do, right? I had a mom come to one of the graduations. This was years ago now. The main teacher, Valentina, she was teaching the preschool class at that time, and they had their little preschool graduation. And the children chose to sing two songs fluently in Japanese. And after, I said to her, how did you do that? You don't know Japanese. She said, the two children in the class who speak Japanese taught it to the other children, and then the children chose to do that. They were so proud of having learned that that they wanted to perform it. And the mother, one of the mothers came up to me after and she was crying. And she said, Angela, I never thought that I would send my child, I knew what I was doing, but I never thought that I would send my child to an Italian school and the other children would learn our cult, about our culture and our language. And she was just in tears. She said, this was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. And the parents spread that word to the other parents and they know that we are a community and a school where everybody is accepted. We don't change their culture because nobody should have ever changed our Italian culture, right? Nobody should have ever changed me. And they did, right? My grandmother told me, she said once when I was in my 30s, she said, Angela, at least your name is Angela and nobody ever changed it. She said, my name was Giuseppina. And I went to school, I was five years old, and the nun said, your name is Josephine. And mm. that's the name she used for the rest of her life until she died. It's on her death certificate. And when I went to try and find her birth certificate, she said, Angela, you're not going to find anything. We were never registered. We were baptized. Right. And my baptismal name is Josepina Belisario, and you will only find me under that. And my grandfather, he would look down and kill me for saying this, but Jeep Di Pasquale, his actual name was Bartolomeo Eugenio De Pasquale. He did not like his first name, but they nicknamed him after his second name, Eugene. Right. Right? <clears throat> they, both of their names were changed when they went to school. And they said, you have no idea what it's like to go and have somebody change your identity for you. And that just stuck to me. And I told you guys last time when my grandparents passed away, that was it for me. I just, you know, boomed on into life. And I said, okay, I am going to bring the Italian culture back to Pittsburgh because I'm tired of it. I'm tired of people changing us. And I'm tired of people saying, you're in America now. Be American. You know what? I am so proud to be Italian <laughs> that it's not even funny. And most Italians will tell me, they will say, wait a minute, you were born in, in the U.S.? And I say, yes. And they say, well, you're Italian. You sound just like, from, like you're from Italy. And I say, yeah, because I worked really hard at it. Sure. You never lived there? I lived there for two years. Okay, so that obviously And that's, that obviously helped. And I tell my students all the time, it you does. Go. You, you go. have to go. It and does. when you go, you have to speak the language. When I go you there do. on vacation. You do. I, 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 like I said, I said last time, I get nervous, but I force myself. I'm going to speak Italian. Now, now when I'm talking to family there, I don't have a choice. I don't speak English. And yeah. that, that, that's the only, I think, again, it doesn't do with Italian. I don't care what language you're learning. You got to speak it. You got to yeah. speak. You want to learn it? Speak it. And that's how you'll get good at the language, yeah. you know. And with the kids, it's so much easier when they are between the ages of one and right. seven, we know 
that we can get them to be fluent in as many languages, many, many languages as we, as we give to them, right? They associate it with the person. So we give them that person and they associate the language with that person. Right. And, and, and you hit it on the head again. What, what did I tell you last week? Uh, it, my mom used to speak to me in yeah. Italian. I spoke to her in English. Yeah. If I had to learn at age 27, th- no. it's hard. I tried to learn how to play the piano when I was 27. It, it didn't work. Yeah. It's easier it's, when you're younger. It is. A lot it's, easier. It's possible when you're older. And obviously. Oh, no, sure. It better be because I'm it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot more work, though. It's a so. lot more work. It's a lot more mental practice. It's a lot more, because I can tell you, I've watched these children. They will repeat it to themselves three times, and it is there. It's locked into their head. It's done. When you're an adult, you do. You have to practice. It's not like riding a bike. Now, you had mentioned when you came here, uh, the male male club would not let you. Is that the way it is in Italy, or are they all... They, anybody's allowed to join. And it just was here where they know. separated men and women. <laughs> you know, the Italian culture back in the day, I think even some people today, my husband's going to kill me now because I always say that, you know, his his father is very traditional. You know, it, his, his mother was a teacher and she did work, which right. was odd, right, for that I mean, it's not completely odd for the generation, but, you know, it's not like in the U.S. where two people had to work, right? It was a choice in their family. But there are a lot of traditional things. And his mother will say, I can't leave him alone. I can't come. Because, you know, we have a grand, she has a grandchild. And we say, come to the U.S., come stay with us for three months. You know, he can go back or whatever. He doesn't have, oh, I can't leave him. He he, he won't survive. And my husband's (laughs) going, he'll survive. Just sitting there. He will go go to the market and buy himself some ham and some cheese, and they will make him a sandwich. He will survive. But, you know, she just, she has that mentality. They have that mentality still i need to take care of my husband sure. and so i think that's outside the states because my wife is from overseas as well and she does a good job of taking care of me yeah. so she works and i don't yeah. discourage that but um but i do think there's something about foreign cultures where yeah. women still feel like hey i need to take care of my family yeah i do think a lot of that's been lost here we won't you know we won't go down that, that yeah. road but i mean th- that's that is part of the culture yeah i mean and it's not just italian a lot of a lot of cultures have that way where you know the woman this isn't this isn't a derogatory thing it's like the woman runs the home she takes care of everything and that's not a that's not a bad thing like, oh they should be out in the office like well, maybe they should maybe they should maybe they maybe she's okay with that maybe that's she's the queen of the castle instead of the king and she runs that and and the man might come home and think he's the king, but you know what? He's dependent on the queen. So yeah. well, there's actually there's actually a phrase in Italian about women like gira la testa del uomo, like they they turn huh. the head of the man, like oh, yeah. <laughs> to, to make you know make him decide in a certain right. way. Now yeah. we said something else last week about the influx of Italians up until the probably the early seventies, and mm-hmm. then it. it it wasn't that many of them coming over here. Mm-hmm. Do you think that affected uh, the teaching of the culture and the ideology of what we were taught over there? I, again, my parents got, well, my, my dad got here in 35. He mm-hmm. was eight. My mom got here in 63. She was mm-hmm. 22, 23. Um, but again, I was instilled with all those things, uh, you know, uh, not, not just the culinary stuff, or yeah. but but just our culture of there. I knew everything about it. I knew everything about our family history, so on and so forth. Yeah. But do you think now that there's not that many people coming over here as it used to be? 
There's not as many, but it's a different type of influx of Italians who are coming now, right? A lot of it is through the universities or they're coming for PhD jobs. I mean, they're really, you know, there's they're the in I don't want to say the you know the intelligent individuals but you know the ones that are now allowed to come over through visas and green cards right they have an education right and that's one of the things that actually is kind of you know kind of frustrating about Italy a little bit is that well their education right it's it's not necessarily free but you you pay the taxes or you pay if you don't if you can't afford it it's available for you right so they believe in creating a population of educated people who will then give back to the population by becoming the doctors and by becoming the lawyers and by becoming you know an important part of society and those intelligent important graduates are escaping for it because they can't find a job it's a brain drain yeah and that's why i said a lot of people that just want to let everybody come into the states it's not about immigration it's like you don't understand you're hurting the countries that these people are coming from in some cases, especially when all the working class. So, for example, some of the you know Central American, South American, a lot of them will come to the United States. So they come to the United States and they're in their 20s, maybe their early 30s. They say, oh, they're going to come here. They're going to do the jobs. Got it. Well, who's going to do the jobs back in their countries if they're all coming here? Exactly. And people kind of forget in that part, like, oh, yeah, yeah. I never thought of that. And they don't seem to care. Yeah. And that's the problem. Like you said, now these the Western countries, it's like you – you don't just walk across here. You've got to come over here through a process, and the process is going to say, "What do you have to offer?" And when yeah. you, the more you have to offer, that means that's the more that's being taken from your home country. Yeah. And I understand the why. You know, the jobs aren't necessarily the, like I, I, I get it, um, but it does hurt these countries, and yeah. I don't think people understand that or appreciate that. Yeah. So, but I tell you what, we're going to do though. Let's transition a little bit to the fun stuff now that we've gotten that noise out of the way. <laughs> Let's talk about the biggest thing that's coming up here in a few weeks. Probably one of the biggest things the school's done. Would you, would you, is that a fair statement? Or this is to? the biggest thing that the school has ever done. And um, it invested in itself and it's risking its own investment, right? Understood. In this fundraiser event. Yeah. Okay. Um, you want me to just. Cool. Come on. Come <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is your moment to shine, Angela. Oh, Tell gosh. us about the event. So on March 17th, Patrizio Buane is coming here to Pittsburgh, right? He is going to do, um, we have a cocktail hour from 4 to 5. We have a dinner from 5 to 7, and he is actually going to be at the dinner. He was willing to give us an hour to talk with everybody at the dinner. So he's going to meet and greet everyone at the dinner. And then... um, 7.30 to about 9-something, we will have the concert, and then he's going to have some autographs afterwards. So we are very, very excited about this. Um, you know, we we know that Patrizio has a following out there, and so we hope that they will come and be willing to participate in this event, right? I've had a few people ask me, you know, is is Patrizio going to come back after this? And I said, you know what, I'm obviously not his manager. <laughs> But I think this is it. You know, I think this is the possibility to get to see him at least for some time. And especially up close and personal. Up close and personal, absolutely. I am telling you, go out and listen to his music. He is a wonderful performer. And I'm not not kidding. He is a wonderful performer, very energetic, got a great voice, um, really gets the audience involved. Um, He has some of his own music. He has some traditional songs. And um, 
to be honest with you, I'm actually looking forward to meeting him. And by the way, that's going to be my ask of you is to make sure that uh, Claudio and I. And you get to meet him. We want to go in the front of the line and do the, you know, like, like I, I'm not going to, if we're still allowed to be giddy as a schoolgirl, I'm as giddy as a I was going to say, not to, to make fun of you guys, but that's usually the girls are going, can I get I don't the, care. I want to get it. I want to, I want to meet, I want to meet him. I'm excited because I think he might be joining us in a little bit here on the yeah, show. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Again, we're very excited to yeah. have that. But I want to go back to the show because, um, yeah. to the event. So, Claudio and I, we're going to be there, right? Yeah. I'm giving it all my, all right, everything all right. I can I'm to be gonna, there. I'm not going to twist Claudio's arm, too, but I will be there. My tickets I'll are twist bought. his arm later we'll on. We'll get him. We'll get him after the show. We'll, I'll show you how to get through him. All right. Um, it's through his mother, right? That's right. <laughs> Always listen to mom. So, the the event, um, when, and I'm going to be honest. Let's be very, very honest here. A lot of folks looked at it and said, oh, this is a little pricey. Yeah. You're kind of missing the point. Yeah. The, the whole point is, is a fundraiser. Yeah. The fundraiser is to raise money for the school so yeah. they can, now, can we say what you're looking to purchase or is that super secret? I won't um, say so I can't tell you exactly where it is, but I can tell you that, you know, we're, we're at a pretty good spot right now um, in our negotiation phases where we have the architect looking at the designs and the drawings and everything and, you know, total costs of restoration. So we are very serious about this. It's not just, you know, I'll give the school some money and then maybe right. 10 years from now something might happen you know we are in hard in till three quarters of this process um we're missing the down payment you know we're missing a part of the down payment right and so we're really hoping that the community will support this even um you know we calculated out there's about 600,000 italian americans here in pittsburgh if every one of them could contribute ten dollars to this even if they can't come to the event right. but if they can come to the event and they can say okay i can give you hundred dollars a ticket or something like that you know we'll work with them this is a donation Right. This is something that we want people to have a fun time. We want them to enjoy life again. We want to, them to enjoy Italian culture. Right. We want to bring everybody together. Is this something that you would like to do every year, an annual event? Um, you know, we've never tried it before and we've been active for nine years. <laughs> It's a lot of work. Oh, sure. Um, and I took on the brunt of it myself. You know, a lot of our board members, which we do have a board because we are a nonprofit, right? So this is a tax donation. Um, a lot of our board members said, you know, you should probably hire somebody to help you with this. And I have my administrative team helping. They are calling like crazy, nagging Italian organizations and, you know, Italian restaurants. But they're even reaching out to other groups now because they're saying, you know, we don't just do Italian. We sure. honor everyone's culture. And it's really about the child feeling in a safe environment, you know, like they feel respected. Well, I do want to say this. Um, this is the moment, you know, so, and I'll, I'll say it like this. And I'll be a little, little, I don't say negative, but, you know, a lot of people, you go out, you see Italian days, you see Kenny, mm -hmm. whatever, and they all go there, I'm a proud Italian, but here's a point, or here's an opportunity to put your money to where your mouth that, is. Yeah. Right, put your money where your mouth is. And she's not asking you for a million dollar donation. Throw ten, if you can't afford it, throw 10 bucks into the pot. The yeah. point is, the end result of this fundraiser, if it is successful, is going to be them being able to actually own property where they will set up a permanent school yeah and i think we even talked about different clubs yes that don't have places to meet will be able to use this facility so yes. this is a way to rally around all the italians in the pittsburgh and the surrounding areas to have a place to go and call for your yeah. lack of term call home yeah because exactly. i'll tell you something else you said 
I always liked Italian's fun. It's all cool and all that. When I went to Italy, yeah. I am telling, I'm tell, I'll tell this to anybody, and I've told this to people, it does change you. Yeah, it does. Because it really makes you feel like you have just touched a part of your family that wasn't, that you, yeah. I don't know how to explain it, but it changes you because yeah. you really do touch a part of your past yeah. when you go there, especially <laughs> when you go to the towns yeah. that your family came from. And you look around these buildings, you're like, wow, my great-grandfather was born in that house right yeah. there. And a hundred-something years ago, he left that house, said goodbye to mom, goodbye to dad. And never went and back. And never came back. Yeah. And, and, and people don't understand. And that's not just the Italians. A lot of Europeans did that, but you yeah. don't understand what it's like. This is before the internet. This is before phones. This is, you know, this is this is like when you said goodbye. <clears throat> that was it. It was goodbye. That's it. Yeah. And well, so, you know. Actually, if I if I can fill in with one other last thing. Last word. Yes. There you go. So one thing that I, I don't know if we talked about enough is that, you know, to honor those people who have come, we are also giving families an opportunity to buy into sort of like a history, a memory, a place where they can buy plaques, they can put up paintings, they can, you know, write what they want about their family history, about the person or the people who came through Pittsburgh, right? Who came here, who who were the first ones, because that generation we have lost already. And my grandparents were a part of that generation, right? They're no longer going to ever be here again. So in order to keep their memory, a lot of people are focusing on, you know, the Heinz History Center, which is great, but we'd like to have a place in our school that becomes, you know, the cultural association the place where the children can watch you know and look on the wall and see their ancestors or other people's ancestors and say oh my gosh that person built that building or that person did this or that person did that and they contributed to Pittsburgh how it is today and we want to start memory you know putting the memory of that together so as for well our, for our listeners this is going to be your home and uh, yeah. if I'm not mistaken even yeah. the consulate has kind of informally yes. said they're supporting this. So we're, we're yes. unfortunately- the Italian concert will be there at the event. So fantastic. So again, yes. we're gonna encourage everyone to be there. Unfortunately, yes. we're live. We gotta cut it. We're gonna yes. cut to commercials. So what I'm gonna do is first, I'm gonna say thank you very much, Angela. Thank you. But you're you not go. going anywhere because we're gonna talk to Patrizio <laughs> here in a little bit. In the meantime, Claudio, take it away. All right, the Italian American Sports Hall of Fame Banquet will be Wednesday, August 2nd at the Lamont Restaurant on Mount Washington. And if you wanna become a member of the Italian American Sports Hall of Fame, please contact uh, contact us here at questions at italianimpactweekly.com or if you have questions about the banquet. And don't forget about my book, Lead from the Heart Up, Not the Neck Up, How to Create a Positive Winning Culture on the Field and in the Office. You can get that on my website at claudiorolsano.com. You can listen to my other podcast uh, on that uh, website as well. And we have a bunch of great guests coming up on this show on italianimpactweekly.com. Don't forget that that website. And our boxing show, The Boxing Authorities with Luther Dupree Jr. and Smoking Jim Frazier on Channel Box. But again, ItalianImpactWeekly.com. If you missed the show on Thursdays, check us out on the website. Okay, welcome back to Italian Impact Weekly. And this week we have a very special guest who's going to be here in a few weeks for a, a large fundraiser, which we're hoping to see you there. I know Claudio and myself are going to be there. And we have Angela, again, still here in the studio with us. And uh, we have a great guest. He's calling in from Italy. Patrizio, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Because uh, I don't want to screw up your name again. 
No, no, no. Buonasera a tutti. Good evening, everybody, or good morning, or good day. Uh, this is simply Patrizio Buane speaking, and I'm very excited to speak to um, the Pittsburghers and all the people in Ohio and, uh, um, of course, in Philadelphia. Not Philadelphia only, but in uh, in uh, Pennsylvania, because I've got a lot of fans there. So everybody who listens to your um, station, to your program, uh, they have been sending me message for many, many years. So I'm so happy to talk to you. Oh, that's fantastic. All right, Patricio, this is Claudio. Uh, what part of Italy were you born and raised? Well, I was born in Vienna in Austria, so I wasn't born actually in Italy. My parents, uh, they are from Naples and from La Provincia di Caserta, so let's say the capital of southern Italy, if you want to call it this way. Um, I was born in Vienna, um, but I was raised my first six years of my life. I lived in Naples. Uh, then I went back to uh, school in Vienna in Austria, in the heart of Europe. Uh, my parents came to Vienna for so many reasons, uh, like all many other people, for better working opportunities, for simply, um, you know, Italy is a beautiful country to visit, as we all know. It has a great culture, but it's a little bit um, behind when it comes to uh, bureaucracy and other things. So that's why uh, destiny made us uh, Italians being all over the world. So, yeah, I spent my life between Naples, Italy and uh, the city of Vienna. Now, when you were in both uh, areas, what were some of the things you did growing up? Tell us about your life growing up. Oh dear, I don't know where to start. Um, I basically was raised uh, multilingual. Um, of course, um, I spoke at home a Neapolitan language, um, uh, which is um, an old language um, in that aspect. I wouldn't call it a dialect. Now it's maybe considered a dialect, but originally it's a language because all the whole south from Abruzzo uh, down to Sicily, but not included Sicily. Sicily has another language called Sicilian. Um, in, even in Calabria, in Puglia, uh, they speak a Neapolitan language. But Naples, the capital, has obviously um, the Neapolitan language. We know Neapolitan language, uh, you guys probably know most uh, the Neapolitan language through the Neapolitan songs that, uh, of course, are well, well known, introduced initially by uh, the great Enrico Caruso. Um, so at home I spoke that language. Um, I went to school and I studied German, very different language, hard language to, to, to learn. But, um, you know, it's, it's doable. If you, if you have no choice, you have to, then that's it. Um, later, when I finished school, I, of course, I spent all my vacations always going onwards, backwards between Naples and Italy, uh, Naples and uh, Vienna. Um, but um, after school, I um, wanted to become a translator. I studied languages. So I started actually, for the first time, the real the, the, the language that unites or should unite this, this boot that Italy is, uh, which is the, the language of, of Dante Alighieri, the Italian language. Um, and it's quite challenging because um, who has Calabrian background or Sicilian background or Pugliese background, Neapolitan background, even people from northern Italy, uh, say Friuliani people uh, or Veneto, people from the Veneto, they don't speak that Italian language. That Italian language originates exclusively uh, in Tuscany. That's where they decided that this language has to become the national and official language. So um, it's, it's been very challenging and interesting. I still believe that Italian language is a, a beautiful language. Um, it's the language of music, but for me, Neapolitan is the language of love. And uh, that's how 
I want to say I consider myself a, a Neapolitan speaker, um, but the language, Italian language, of course, is a language of of, of, of music and not only. So uh, my life was pretty much torn between Vienna, Austria, so the heart of Europe, and the south of Europe, which is uh, Naples. And uh, I think that gave me a very good so-called equilibrio, a very good uh, balance in life, um, because two totally different worlds, although Naples and Vienna have a lot of common, uh, the, 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 the Bourbon family, the dynasty of the Bourbon kings, and of course the Austrian Habsburgs, um, have culturally, the kings have had so much in common, <clears throat> actually more than the northern Italian had with the Austrians. So it's, it's a very interesting background, and I'm obviously very proud. But I consider myself, in that aspect, an Austrian, because I was born in Austria, and uh, I'm an... And I'm not an Italian-Austrian. I'm an Austrian-Neapolitan. <laughs> got it. Got it. Steve? No. That, you know what? That's that's very interesting. And, and I'll tell you why. One, I can barely speak one language, yet alone <laughs> five, six, seven. And, and, and we talked about this a few weeks ago on the show. We talked about these languages. We're calling them dialects, but they're not really dialects. Yeah. They're other languages. And I think people kind of miss that. I know when I went on to um, Calabria last year, uh, we went to a, to a hotel, and the hotel was kind enough to give my son basically a Calabrian dictionary, and it would have the oh, definitions okay. in Italian, but the words were in Calabrian. I thought, well, wow, that is, uh, people don't understand. That just, it's a completely different languages. Now, I, I do, I am curious about something because it sounds like you had a passion yeah. for languages early, and that kind of carried on. Did that influence yeah. your passion for music, or was it not really related? Well, let me let me think with you together, because I never thought about this. This is a very good question. Um, you see, when uh, my parents, uh, they ran uh, a restaurant, my father was the first pizza chef um, in, uh, in Vienna in the late 60s. And later he opened his own business and um, just had pizzas. But before he was uh, making pizzas in, in, and other things in, in very high class restaurants in the city of Vienna. Um, my father recorded those old uh, vinyl records into cassettes to be played in the restaurant. Now, me playing uh, in, my, in the living room uh, or in the room uh, singing along to those songs, my father caught me several times, my mom caught me several times saying, oh, wow, you sing along to these and these songs, which made me very, you know, very brave to sing along. Eventually, um, it was for me very easy to listen to any song and learn any song very quickly. And I think that helped. Uh, to develop the um, the 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 the, the, um, the ability to learn a language or any language easier than maybe others because there were sounds that I would repeat. So then the challenge to learn German language, then the English, then German, then of course uh, later on English, French, Spanish. Um, later I uh, was dating a, a Polish girl and I was just in, wanted to understand what she, what she would be saying behind my back. <laughs> To her, to her friends, so I, it kind of made me very curious, and uh, I learned in, in, in a short time, as it, in, my, in, in my late, uh, early 20s, late uh, teenager age, I already spoke six languages. But that must be a very European thing, because if you look at the map of Europe, and especially the heart of Europe, which is Austria, we're surrounded by Hungary, Slovakia, it's not far to Poland, we're close to Germany, and we are very close to um, to to Italy, so 
So it's it's kind of we kind of embed it in the heart of Europe, um, and that makes it easier. But doesn't mean that everybody speaks languages uh, that many languages. But at least we do speak two or three languages in Austria uh, or in Europe for sure. Yeah, yeah. Patricio, this is Claudio again. You mentioned that uh, your parents said you, you sound good. When did you know that music was going to be your life? How old were you, and what was the thing that struck you? Or when? Like for me, I knew it was August 19th, 1973. I knew that's what I wanted to do with the rest of my life in professional baseball. But when did it strike you? <laughs> well, it was basically um, a hobby. It was like a kid would have wanted to play baseball or, or soccer or football. Music was just making me extremely happy. When we had guests coming over, my parents would literally put me on the on, on the chair and say, sing a song and whatnot. Or I would just, uh, you know, want to get the attention and, 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 and just perform in front of them and, and create a little show for them. But then, unfortunately, um, something very sad happened. When I was 17 years old, my dad passed away of cancer. And the only thing that really kind of was tonic for my soul and made me very happy and, and, and made me feel good and, and made me kind of remember the times where things were better was music. So I wanted to sing. And before all of that happened, I already performed here and there in school competitions and and, and all different search for different opportunities to, to, to be out there, but just to have fun. But now losing my dad, I said to myself, I want to sing. I don't want to be somewhere. I don't want to. I stopped. Um, I finished school, but I, I, I sort of stopped going to the university. I said, no, I don't want to end up working in an office. I want to be on stage. I want to entertain people. And I want to sing the songs that I was introduced to through my parents and thinking of my father. So suddenly, um, I kind of, in the beginning, wanted to bring the, my voice um, to the world. Uh, years later, of course, the the world wants my voice, wants me, and I'm very privileged and very proud and very happy that I was able to make my name and, of course, my father's name and my family's name, Buane, um, a well-known name uh, as an entertainer, and to be respected, to be loved, and to be supported is something that you can't buy, you can't buy love. And that's basically how it came all about. And of course, you know, um, if, if I would have felt that um, people don't want to applaud me, people don't want to really listen to me, I probably would have not insisted because I was always, a, in my nature, I'm a person, if you like it, great. If you don't like it, then okay, then I'll, I'll make, my, make my mind up. But it was always, I was very much carried by the love and respect by the people. And and I'm still very flattered that I'm doing interviews all over the world. And, and this is something very, very, very special to me. And I appreciate that, that I was chosen um, by this uh, wonderful project, this wonderful uh, initiative of uh, creating an, an Italian language school, Una Scuola Italiana at Pittsburgh, um, that um, I was asked, probably because... I'm one of the few popular uh, singers um, that can perform bilingually uh, all the beautiful Italian songs, which makes me, that's my fans call me the ambassador of the Italian songbook. And that's what makes me very, very, very happy to be coming up soon with you all together right. in Pittsburgh. Well, Thank you. Is, it's fantastic. And I, and I believe you, you performed here at the Benetton Center 
And um, again, so you have kind yeah. of a, a history. What, what's drawn you to Pittsburgh? I'm just curious. Was that just kind of a part of a tour or what? The original when you first came here. Well, the original idea was a PBS special that I had. I always used to, used to love that a PBS stands for Patrizio Buone special. <laughs> um, the first, yeah, the first station that took on me and believed in me was Pittsburgh. So WQED that believed in me uh, aired the show, and they their their phones rang wild, and then we started with with the little first little show in Pittsburgh in a place called the Club Cafe. That was the first show. It was about hundred people only there. And then the next show was uh, two nights in a row in the Bayam Center, uh, in the, the Bayam Hall, and then later Benidim Center. So it uh, really, really played very often in Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh became like a uh, like a niche market for me while I was still battling uh, um, the Big Apple in New York uh, of trying to make it there and, and be able to put any show together. In Pittsburgh, I played already good 3,500 seater. Then Chicago was the next uh, uh, venue. Then, of course, uh, um, I think I went to New Jersey. So New York and, and, and the LA and Vegas came later about. So Pittsburgh will always have a special place for me because you were the first ones, A. B, I always uh, laugh that I love Pittsburgh because PB, Patrizio Buone, Pittsburgh. <laughs> then uh, you call me crazy. Uh, I love pizza and I love burgers, so it's Pittsburgh. And uh, of course, I I, um, I do love the Steelers and I love American football. Uh, I don't watch it uh, that often, but I do love it. I had the privilege to meet uh, Franco Harris in person, not just at the airport when you come down the, the stairs, <laughs> but uh, actually I'm a member of the, the National Italian American Foundation and uh, he's a fan of my music. So maybe if he listens to this interview, he will be able to come and uh, see my show because He's seen my show before, and uh, I have so many friends in Pittsburgh. I don't know where to start. So it sounds all fake if I tell you these things, because if you do any, an artist does an interview, he has to be particularly friendly and, and, and charming and whatnot, but it's just so natural for me. Pittsburgh feels like home, and that's why I'm happy, so happy to be back. Well, we're going to be excited to have you back. I'm actually looking forward to meeting you in person. And I was telling, um, I was telling Angela when we were um, mm-hmm. coming into the studio – I said, you know, I was talking to my aunt the other night, and I said, oh, you're gonna, you're gonna, you know, we're gonna see Patrizio here in a few weeks, and she said, I've got one of his CDs, and I said, really? Uh-huh. So I mean, <laughs> I was, I was kind of surprised. Yeah. My older aunt, she, so she loves you, and I think a lot of people are really. You have a wonderful voice, and I, and I'm not just saying that. I've actually yeah. gone out to the YouTube, oh, and, you know, and and I, I was listening to a lot of your songs out there, and I, I think I caught, um, you did the, uh, it was South Africa special in, I want to say, 2021. I, I think that some right. of that was out on YouTube. That, I mean, that was that was actually really good. I really enjoyed that. So you have a fantastic voice. I appreciate voice. that. Uh, I, I put a lot of heart and soul in my music. You see, at the end of the day, of course, now I'm singing also a little bit more more um, original material written by me and by my team. But my career starts off by singing the standards that we all know. Um, a Man Without Love, which is originally uh, Quando Mi Namoro, Il Mondo, uh, of course, also Le Mie and all the great songs. But I never wanted to be just some nostalgic entertainer because I, I am one of many who sings, who sang or recorded those songs. <clears throat> Made the difference between me and the others were that I started very young and I was this 26 years old kid uh, in a black suit with a red handkerchief opening arms 
singing with a little bit of grief in my heart about my dad with a tear in my eye, the Silmondo shouting to the world, you know, where's the justice, where's the love? And that's what allowed me to sell millions of records when, when records were still sold. And now my bread is the applause, and I'm, uh, I'm now myself a man that is very calm and very serene. And I uh, married uh, four years ago, uh, and I'm a dad. Three years ago, I became a dad. So, so now I have to give back. I'm not here to just take in, but give a little bit back. And this is why I'm, when, when, they, when Angela talked uh, through the, the project and about the school, I automatically reacted as if it would have been for my for my daughter because I would want my daughter as well to to speak uh, Italian language, the language that is uh, just such a beautiful language. And um, I think if you would have had a school 20, 30 years ago, you would be speaking today Italian. So we have to make sure that the radio announcers that will follow your uh, legacy, and I wish you 100 years to, for you to do this, that they will be maybe uh, interviewing also artists in Italian, and the people will understand it. So Angela is doing a great job. She's putting the, ra- the right um, uh, brick, in the, she's making the first brick, you know, the first uh, wall building up, and that's fantastic. Thank you. Grazie tanto. All right. Um, <laughs> yes. and, and you know what? And that's kind of a good segue, because I do want to talk about that, because... You were saying before how you, you know, I don't think the listeners got it. You understand a lot of history. You studied a lot of languages. You understand different cultures. The problem with too many people is they get complacent. And I'm going to be very honest. And here in the United States, we don't, we don't seem to really celebrate and study history. It's almost like, ah, it's old news. It's boring. And, and now you forget these things. And and we've been talking about this, you know, remember your roots, remember your roots. Most of these people who came over here from other countries, they need to remember their roots. And so the school that, you know, that we're trying to raise money for here, that's, that is why that is important. I mean, La Scuola Galileo is, a, you know, it's a nonprofit. You know, they're trying to raise these funds. And, and we are sincerely appreciative of the fact that you're going to come over here and perform. Um, you know, and they're raising mm-hmm. funds for that. And I want to kind of talk about that, you know, you, and you kind of alluded to it, the importance of having schools that you know you you're, you're you're already in your country so if you're in america you're going to be immersed in american things but you have to have a place to go that takes you to another culture because you can't go to italy all the time so these little what i call these schools have a lot of value so you know i i, I do appreciate that i'm mean, kind of your thoughts to our listeners maybe help them understand why is this important well, what I'm going to tell you is just my opinion. So I have not the the arrogance to say what I'm going to say now is this is that this is the guideline you should follow. But I think it can help you. First of all, we need to acknowledge and respect the fact that uh, that your grandparents, in my case, my parents, left the so-called old country for better opportunities, for for a better life, because um, the old country did obviously give them a reason to live. Uh, it's not always, we can't always leave it on the war by saying, oh, you know, there was war, there was poverty, we had nothing to eat, we had to leave. Um, the whole world was in the war, and Europe was in a war, but we look at at countries that maybe caused the war, um, they are today um, back at, at 
you know, in a, in a very strong position. I'm talking here about uh, Germany. I'm talking here about Austria. I'm talking here about Spain or what now, France. I mean, France. Um, you know, this country has kind of reestablished themselves, while Italy is still kind of trying to find their identity. But I'm not going to have a political conversation about this. All I'm saying is that we have to acknowledge our grandparents and our parents for giving us a better uh, home, a, a better opportunity, and they found this in a place that uh, the old country wasn't able to give us, okay, first. But um, we have um, a legacy, we have a heritage, uh, we have um, a tradition that we live by or would like to um, um, respect, and we need to know where this, this originates. So we need to know where we come from in order to know where we're going. So I wouldn't say that you, for example, are an Italian-American. You're an American-Italian. Your parents, your grandparents, when they came to America, they were Italians that became Americans. But you are an American above all. Like I am an Austrian, but my second is I am a Neapolitan, and you are Calabrese, Calabrian. So that's why it's very, very important to, to know where you come from, to know where you go. First thing, but regardless this, I think it only enriches us individually by knowing about other cultures. Why should you, as an American um, Calabrian, not try Mexican enchiladas <laughs> or Japanese sushi or, or, or Polish golompki or, or Polish uh, kielbasa? Why shouldn't you do this? It only enriches your your uh, um, your knowledge about the world and makes your broader person your your horizon opens up you don't need to be italian to explore italian culture but if you happen to be italophile or francophile because you like the french language or germanophile because you like the germanic culture go ahead Listen to folks music and blast music and, and polkas and whatnot and and dig deeper into it But that needs to be able to be offered if it's not offered. It's not there. It's not available so Just like with artists artists need talent needs opportunity So do people need an opportunity to explore that culture and I applaud loud people like Angela that say okay we're not just people that have an Italian surname. We're people who have uh, a heritage. We need to make sure that this culture kind of par parallelly continue to exist and live together. So a Polish person or Portuguese person or, or, or Puerto Rican person or whoever can say, let's go today to Bloomfield and let's have an authentic Calabrian meal. Let's have a real Neapolitan pizza. Um, and you know what it is. So Americans should be, on that aspect, more educated about all the other cultures as we are in Europe, because you're a melting pot already. So let's conserve and preserve the multiculturality in the United States, but never forget that, above all, you are Americans. That's a beautiful thing. Amer being an American is a wonderful, wonderful thing because it's also being neutral. It's also being embracing the world and, and, and giving a good example to the world. That's what makes America so special, my opinion. Patricia, you've given some fantastic 
uh, answers to our questions, and we appreciate and love having you on. Final question, we have about a minute left. You mentioned languages. Is the American ear different than the Italian ear, the Austrian ear, Germany ear for music? <laughs> Depends if you clean it. <laughs> no. Okay, you got to clean your ears. We did have an I ear, nose, I, and throat doctor as our first guest uh, of the show. But anyway, go ahead. Wonderful, wonderful. I want to say this, that American audience is a spoiled audience because you've got 320 million people and each of them have a different background and there's so much to offer in the U.S. Um, but, you, but you know what? You've got to open your ears as well. you just got to open your ears because just because it's out there doesn't mean that people are um, using it and, 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 and learning and, and know how to appreciate it. So um, we in Europe can be very narrow-minded in certain things. Um, maybe let's change the world narrow-minded and say proud or just traditional. So where does narrow-mindedness end and where does open-mindedness start? I think all of this, there is no stereotype. No European is better than American and no American is better. So it all depends from us. And it's a question of education. That's why a strong educational system is very important. Without education, we're just animals, just human beings that walk around, shuffle the food in our mouth, drink something, go to sleep, next day repeat. So culture is what forms us and forms our, our, um, uh, um, our personality. And culture is education. So I will always say education is the, 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 the most valuable thing in the world. And it, everybody should have the privilege, um, everybody should have the possibility to be educated. And they, once again, I can't underline how, how great and how happy I am that um, the, the Scuola will offer will offer um, to people who who want to know more about culture something and I'm happy that I am making my little contribution that hopefully will never be forgotten um, with my voice and my music and um, I want to say thank you very much Patricia we want to thank you very much because that was a fantastic interview I am actually very excited to meet you in a few weeks and for our listeners, um, you can go out there and listen to Pritio's uh, music. It's, uh, again, you have a beautiful voice. It's very good music. Um, and we're excited to have folks come in here. And, you know, to your point, we're going to celebrate the culture. We're going to meet you. We're going to hear good music. We're going to have good food. It's going to be a wonderful night. I'm very excited to have you there. And, again, I cannot thank you enough for being on the show. So, again, we want to thank you so much. Patrizio, thank you so much for being on the show. It was, great. again, fantastic answers, and I wish you all the best uh, music and in life. This is Claudio, by the way. <laughs> this is Angela. Thank Grazie so tantissimo, Patrizio. Ci vediamo fra poco. Yeah. I uh, really hope that everybody who listens to this interview will uh, see the importance of uh, supporting the community, supporting um, the culture, and supporting our background that unites us and makes us uh, um, really a family and not just the singer that sold millions of records or the, the, the journalists that do the interview, but really are, we are brothers and sisters. And I don't mean to sound like a hippie here, but I'm just <laughs> saying that we, are all, we all come from the, 
from the same uh, tree, you know, the same family. And uh, good luck with everything. And once again, God bless you all. Thank you so much. And viva la dolce vita. I see you on the 17th of March live on stage. And I hope that you're going to enjoy it. You know what? No, I know you will enjoy it. And if you don't enjoy it, don't tell anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Okay. What a great interview with Patrizio. Great guy. And as my mom used to say, speak from the heart up, not the neck up. And he certainly did. He was very passionate. Angela, you're the same way. I I can tell in your eyes, you you are very, very passionate about the school and about uh, getting the Italian word and the culture out there. We appreciate you so, so much. Thank you for everything. And I know it's going to be a great success. Grazie. Thank you guys as well. And also, I want to thank Hank Eduardo for the music. As always, Hank, thank you very much. And if you're interested in hiring Hank, please go on to Facebook. Hank Eduardo, he's got fantastic music, current songs, old songs. Find Hank, he'll take care of you. And again, join us next week, same time, same channel, or you can catch us streaming online at khbradio.com or get out to italianimpactweekly.com just in case you missed any of the episodes. Thanks again, folks.